Good morning. Welcome to the Lord's house. Will you stand with us? Our first song says, my feet are on the rock. Let's praise the Lord for that. You better have your you better have your feet on the rock this morning, right? Man, you know what I'm doing? That's my dancing. In the rain. We're dancing in the rain. Hey. Come on, people. Good to have you at Cavanaugh Church today. It's raining outside, and I'm praying that there's going to be some showers of spiritual blessings on the inside, because we need them, don't we? We really, really do. If you're a guest, we extend a warm welcome to you today, and if you're visiting with us for the first time, yes, first time, yes, fill out one of those guest cards you can find it in the chair back in front of you, and then after service, if you'll take it to the Connect counter, we've got a coffee mug for you and a gift certificate from Chick-fil-A. Man, that's a pretty cool deal. So stop by and pick that up. We, we appreciate all of you being here. Glad that you're at Cavanaugh Church. Our special guest for the day, Pastor Jose and his wonderful family from Puerto Rico. Ladies, stand up down there. His beautiful wife and daughter. Man, so good to have Pastor Jose and his family. Jeremy, his son, the first time you came here, you were about that tall, and now, now look at him. Good-looking young man uh, is going to interpret for Pastor Jose. Pastor Jose is going to give us a greeting from Puerto Rico and then pray for us as well. Give him a big hand, would you? Buenos dias. Good morning. 
Gracias por la oportunidad. Thank you for the opportunity for us to be here. Estamos muy felices. We are very happy. Puerto Rico sigue levantándose. Puerto Rico is going to keep rising up and is rising up. Gracias por sus oraciones. Thank, for, thank you guys for all your prayers. Por su ayuda. For your help. Y por todo lo que hacen por nosotros. And for everything that you guys do for us. Así que estamos muy contentos. So very, very happy. Me siento en familia. I feel like I'm in a big family. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Y si no fuera por él, no pudiera hablar. And if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be able to speak. <laughs> Así que muchas gracias, quiero orar. So I want to thank you guys a lot and I want to pray. Por la palabra de hoy, por lo que Dios va a hacer. For the word for today and for what God is going to do. Así que oramos. So let's pray. Señor, te doy gracias por esta mañana. God, we thank you for this morning. Gracias por lo que has hecho. Thank you for you, what you have done. Gracias por lo que vas a hacer. Thank you for what you're going to do. Nos ponemos en tus manos. We put our, ourselves in your hands. Queremos abrir nuestro corazón. We want to open our hearts to you. Para recibir la palabra. For us to be able to receive your word. Que tu Espíritu Santo. And for it to be your Holy Spirit. Sea quien hable a nuestros corazones. For it to be the one that speaks to our hearts. Sabemos que tienes algo para nosotros. We know that you have something for us. No queremos salir igual que como entramos. We don't want to go out of here the same way as like we entered. Porque tu Espíritu Santo nos transforma. Because your Holy Spirit will transform us. Nos ponemos en tus manos. We put ourselves in your arms. En el nombre de Jesús. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you guys. Love you man. Love you so much Pastor Jose. Jermaine, love you. Stand up would you? We're going to continue to worship. Uh, this afternoon at four o'clock we're going to have a graduation party for Diana. She's graduated high school, and Matt's going to throw this big party for her. And all of you are invited to come back to the church today at 4 o'clock as we celebrate her great accomplishment. Let's worship God together through song. Ready?
do it again and it speaks about God's faithfulness and that our God is all-powerful and that he can move mountains in our lives and I believe if I stood before you this morning and didn't offer praise to the Lord for his work in my life this week the stones would literally cry out I'm not gonna go into all the details but I'm just gonna tell you that God has moved mountains in the life of my children in the past several weeks. I mean, I just praise Him. You know, sometimes uh, things happen and you think, oh, well, that is really awesome or that is cool or whatever. And then there are times when things happen in your life and you have to stand back and say, okay, there is no explanation but a mighty, a mighty God. And so I just offer praise because He is worthy. He is worthy of our praise. And so as we sing this last song, you know, maybe you're in a different place and maybe you're going through something that's really hard, but God can still move mountains. So call on him this morning as we sing this last song together and ask him to do it again for you. Thank you. 
Help us never to forget, Father. I know in good times, it's difficult to remember to praise you. We just go on about our day, but in difficult times, we lean more heavily on you. Lord, I know that your word tells us whether it's good times or whether it's bad times, you are still good. You are still faithful. You are still sovereign. You alone are still worthy of our praise. Help us to be a people who do not neglect to give praise where praise is due. Lord, we love you this morning. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is alive and moving in this room today. I pray if anyone is in this room and needs to hang on to that miracle, help them to know, Father, that you do still move mountains and you are still all-powerful, all-knowing, all-changing, most wonderful God. We praise you in this place today. Accept our worship in Jesus' name. Thank you, and you may be seated. Thank you, praise team. Give them one more big hand for leading us in worship today. Wow, what a great job they did. Hey, let, let, me, just, let me just kind of scan the audience right here. Y'all look back at me as I look over at you, okay? Just, I'm just kind of looking here. I'm checking you out is what I'm doing. I just kind of hang, hang with me here just for a second, okay? Everybody good? Everybody okay? Sound booth people. Well, you know what? You know what I see out here? A bunch of winners. You're, you're a winner, you know what? And if I were picking a team, you would be an all-star on my team. If I were picking a team, you would be the first person I picked. Because I remember when I wasn't the first person picked. Anybody remember those cruel days? Elementary school? Out, out at recess or on the playground, they were picking teams kickball, baseball, football, and you were the last one to be, anybody, you don't have to raise your hand because I know the humiliation is still there. That's, that's not the way it was for me. Out on the playground, I was one of the first kids picked. You know why? I was the fastest kid at Emerson Elementary School. I was fast. My rejection came in the classroom. I will never, ever, ever forget the first spelling bee I was in, in the fifth grade, and I was horrible. I missed, Whitney, Whitney, I missed out on phonics, and you know, I still can't spell very well, and Angie says, you're, you're never too old, you can still learn phonics. I said, I don't want to. I mean, I don't care anything about it now. But I, w I was an awful speller, and so they found that out during the spelling bee. And then the, the crazy teacher, I hated her guts. This crazy teacher thought, you know what, it would be really cool if we had these spelling battles, and so we'd have teams, and same thing that you'd do on the playground, you'd have team captains, and I never, I never was a team captain in the spelling bee class, but she would have these captains, and they would pick, and guess what? I was the last one picked. Isn't that sad? Come on. You, you, know, you know a little bit of the, re you've had rejection like that in your life, and we don't like it, do we? All of us have this sense of needing to belong. And I want you to know, I'm saying it again, if I were handpicking a team, you'd be the first person I picked because I believe in you. And I believe in this church. Today we're going to talk about what it takes to be a part of God's family, a part of the kingdom. And you matter to God. God wants you on his team. God wants you in his church. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about connecting with Kavanaugh. And at the end of the service, we're going to have some people who will connect with us in church membership. Uh, between first service and second service, there's like 28 people who are going to join the church today. Isn't that great? I think that's fantastic. 
And so we've talked about on Wednesday nights uh, who we are as a church, our own special DNA. We've talked about what we believe as a church, and it's right from the Word of God. And then this past Wednesday night, we talked about how we can connect and be a part of God's team as he reaches the world through Kavanaugh Church. I want to begin with a very intriguing verse found in Ephesians chapter 2. It's verse 19. Now, at the beginning of Ephesians chapter 2, Paul is talking about moving from death to life and the transformation that takes place in a person's life when they are spiritually dead and then they become alive in Jesus Christ. And did you know that you can be alive and breathing but dead spiritually? Without Jesus, you have no spiritual life. You are spiritually dead. But in Ephesians chapter 2, he talks about what it means to come alive in Jesus Christ, to be born again, having the blood of Jesus transform you, and Jesus making you a brand new creation in him. And from death, you have life. And the only way you can have spiritual life is by being in Jesus Christ. And then he transitions in verse 19 and talks about what it means to be a part of the family of God. You can only be a part of God's family when you've been adopted into his family. And he adopts you when you choose Jesus as your Savior. Here's Ephesians 2.19. Now, because you have moved from death to life, you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven. But you are members of God's very own family. Amen. Amen. Isn't that cool? Citizens of God's country. Now, if you're from Arkansas, you got to love that because that's, that's country talk right there. You're citizens of God's country. And you belong in God's household with every other born-again believer. What a great verse. Amen. Thank God for that verse. What a tremendous verse. This verse teaches us two very important truths. The first is this, the church is a family. I mean, he said that directly, you are members of God's very own family. God has chosen you for adoption. He's handpicked you, he says, I want you to be in my family. And by trusting his son, Jesus Christ, you can become adopted into the family of God. This, the church, this church is not, it's not a building. Now, we have a beautiful building, don't we? But Kavanaugh Church is not this building. It's not a location, whether it be 2825 Grinnell or 2828 Briarcliff, all right? It's not a building. We usually connect churches with buildings. Oh, Kavanaugh Church, it's that new one that they just built that building over there. No, that's not the church. It's not a building. You are the church. The church is not a building. It's not a social club or a country club. It's not an organization or an institution. The church is not even a religion. You know what we are? We're a family. We are God's family. And when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you become a part of God's family. And God wants you to live and grow up in a local church. Every Christian needs a believing family to associate with and be a part of. You need a church home. That's just the way God made it. So the church is a family. We see that in Ephesians 2.19. Second thing that we see is a Christian isn't just a believer. They are a belonger. You belong in God's household is what that verse says. Later on in Romans chapter 12, verse 5, the Bible tells us, in the same way, even though we are many individuals, Christ makes us one body and individuals who are connected to each other. You see, church is not just an event that you attend. It is a family that you belong to. And God wants you to understand the significance of connecting with other believers so much so that he uses four metaphors in Scripture to describe it. These are four word pictures. And I don't know about you, but to me, a picture is better than a thousand words. 
How, how many of you are, are the people who, when you're putting something together, maybe, maybe your wife commits the, the cardinal sin and buys something from Ikea? Oh, I hate that place. And, and then you have to put it together. Or you buy a, a gift for your grandbabies and you have to put it together. How many of you are that person who takes the 47-page instruction manual and just throws it away? What, what you want to do is look at the picture on the box. I'm that way. I just put things together by the picture. It doesn't matter if I have to take it apart and put it back together seven more times. I'm not going to read the instruction. I'm going to look at the picture. Okay? So I love looking at pictures. And God gives us four pictures to show us what it's like to be a part of his family. For example, he says it's like being a brick in God's temple. In fact, Peter says it like this. We are, where's Freddie at? Freddie, we are living stones. You, you wrote a song about that. That's what we are. Freddie, you are, you are a living stone. I'm a living stone. And God takes us as living stones and he puts us together in his building, his temple. We are living stones connected one to another. I told first service, I, I loved every day coming over and watching them build this building. We've got a lot of block work out there. And, and I love to watch the masons as, as they put the mortar and the blocks together and built these, 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 these sturdy walls, a fortress that can withstand an F4 tornado. I don't know that it can. I don't really want to test it, but man, they're, they're strong walls. And just like those blocks make a wall, you and I are living stones, and we are the building or the temple of God. What a great word picture. He says it's like being a body part in a body. I, I did a little research last night before I went to bed. You have 78 organs in your body. If you're healthy, you've got 78 organs. If you're healthy, you've got 206 bones. There's a little debate, 206 or 213. Some people have more bones than others. I, I don't understand that, but that's just the, the way it is. A, a baby, when they're born, have 220 bones, but some of these bones fuses together, and so you've got 206 bones in your body if you're healthy. 78 organs, 206 bones, miles of arteries and blood. you got muscles and ligaments, but it all goes together to form one body. All of these individual organs and pieces are working inside of me right now to form one body. And God says, that's my church. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you are an important organ or muscle or ligament or bone in this body. What a beautiful picture. He also goes on to say it's like being connected to a fruit tree or a vine. And Jesus is the vine, and we are the fruit. Number four, it's like being a member of a family, a family member in a family. That's why, that's why we call each other brothers and sisters. Brother Dallas, you're my brother in Jesus. Sister Joy, you're my sister. Now, th this is confusing for a little kid. Danny, I was, I was uh, born in one week out of my mother's womb. I was at the Westside Free Will Baptist Church, and I grew up in church. Literally, I grew up there. I slept on the pews. During the preaching, come on, help me out here. <clears throat> in fact, one Sunday night I fell asleep on the pew and mom and dad were in separate cars and they left and they left me in the church sleeping. I woke up in that empty church and, and I thought the rapture had come. But anyway, I grew up in church and, and I, thought, I thought I had this enormous family because my dad called everybody brother or sister. Everybody. Brother, sister, brother. So at five years old, Gail, I thought, man, how many brothers and sisters does my dad have? What a huge family. Hard, hard thing to explain to a little five-year-old kid. But you know, we are brothers and sisters because we make up the family of God. In the New Testament, there was no such thing as a Christian who didn't have a home church. 
And, and there was none of this floating around from one church to another. They, they didn't say, well, let's go to the church of Galatia this week, and if we don't like the church uh, preaching there, the fellowship, we'll go to the church of Philippi next week, and if we don't like that, we'll, we'll go over to Corinth the next week, and then maybe to Rome. No, the, there was no floating around. It's just your church was your church home. There was no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. Now, I love the Lone Ranger and Tonto. You know what? In, in the church, there's, there's no such thing as a Lone Ranger Christian. And, and this philosophy or mindset, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't need anybody else. And I don't need a church, and I don't have to go to church. That's bad thinking. And it's not the way God created church or you. The Bible teaches that we are members and we belong to the body of Christ. This has been studied by those in the medical field, and, and their result is that all of us have this deep sense of belonging. We all need that. We all need to belong to something. As society fragments, and let me tell you, over the last couple of years, it has fragmented at an increasing rate. We need more and more to be able to look at a place and say, you know what, that's where I'm connected. That's where I'm plugged into. This is my home as a church. And that's why we say here at Cavanaugh Church, this is your church for life. So whether you be a little bitty baby in a cradle or an old prime timer with one foot in the grave, they laughed at that first service. Y'all, y'all didn't. From cradle to grave, this is your church and you need to be a part of it. So there you have it. What a great verse, amen? Church is a family and you're not just a believer, you're a belonger. You're thinking, great sermon, preacher, let's go. No, that was just the introduction, all right? But what I want to do in just a couple of minutes is share with you what church membership does for you. Now understand, this is not about you. Okay? Being a part of a church is not specifically just about you. Some people think it is, and some people pick churches about what can this church do for me specifically. It's more about what you can be doing in the church and what you can do in the kingdom of God. But once you get that figured out, there are certain benefits that come with church membership. And I'm going to spend just a minute sharing four of these benefits with you. Number one, Being a church member helps me stay spiritually motivated. I love Hebrews 10, 25. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together. Because some were in the the habit of doing that. He says, so much more as you see the day approaching. Instead, let us encourage one another. So church is a place of motivation and encouragement. And let me tell you something, dude. We all need to be motivated on a regular basis, and we all need encouragement on a daily basis. It's kind of like that old illustration of being at a at a campsite and having a fire going, and and Jason, you know, you got the big fire going, and all of a sudden one of the logs rolls off. And when it rolls off, it's still burning, but after a little bit of time, if it's not with the rest of the fire, that log is going to just quit burning. It's going to lose its, its heat. But if you take the log and put it back on the fire with the rest of the logs, it's going to heat back up again. And it's the same way with us as individuals. Every day of the week, we're out there in this cruel, cruel world that beats us up chews us up and spits us out. We have our backs against the wall every day. Every day we face problems and discouragement and frustration. Any of y'all live in the same world I live in? You know, on a daily basis, and you can only take so much of that. You need constant motivation and constant encouragement. And that's what the church is for. We're here to warm you up. To, to get you as an individual coal back on the fire where the heat is so that you can warm up spiritually. You need that once a week in your life. 
I need it more than that. I need it a couple of times a week. I need to be encouraged, and I get that at church. That's really what a good church will do for you. It's spiritually motivating. It's kind of like when we come in here on Sunday mornings. I I look at you, and you've got this facade on. You look good, but you've learned how to look good. On the inside, man, you're broken, and, and you're you're tore up and you're frustrated and, and you're ready to throw in the towel. And so when you come in here, we need to have this big spiritual pep rally so that you're motivated to get back out there and let your light shine for Jesus Christ. And that's what a good church does. Listen to some of these verses. The Bible says that we are to have fellowship with one another because we need that interaction. We are to greet one another. We are to love one another. We are to accept one another, be devoted to one another, to be kind and compassionate to each other because that's not the way the world is. And you need that on a weekly basis. Galatians 6.2 puts it like this. Share each other's troubles and problems and so obey our Lord's command. So at Kavanaugh Church, we try to take care of each other. Church, Church membership helps me to stay spiritually motivated and encouraged. So when you come in here on a Sunday morning, you need to get you some of that. You need to get some, but not only get some, you need to give some. You need to be an encouragement to others. You need to motivate others because they could be going through more problems than you're going through. You know what? I am so thankful for my church because it helps me to be spiritually motivated and spiritually encouraged. Number two, a good church is going to help me develop spiritual maturity. It's going to help me grow up and become the person that God wants me to be. The word for this is discipleship. And Jesus said, go out and make disciples. We win people to Christ, but that discipleship is a process that happens within the local church. And discipleship is really the name of the game. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 tells us, let us go on and become mature in our understanding as strong Christians ought to be. And that happens as we come to church and as we fellowship with other believers and as we learn the Word of God. In fact, there is a process of this happening in Acts chapter 2. It says they were, these new believers were baptized. That is, they accepted Jesus and they got baptized. And then they joined the other believers in regular attendance at the apostles' teaching sessions. They worshiped together regularly at the temple and then they met in small groups in their homes for communion. So those four things are the strategy for your spiritual growth. You get baptized, you join a church, You worship together, and then you get together in small groups that helps develop your faith in Jesus Christ. These are the things that make a genuine New Testament believer. And the purpose of a good church is to help you grow spiritually and develop spiritual maturity. It helps you get off the milk of the Word and into the meat of the Word. And and as a preacher... One of the things I dig the most, I love the most, is watching, watching a person get saved and then grow up. I love to watch that growth process. And I mean, it, it happens different for different people. Some people just, man, they, they grow immediately. Others struggle, but you know what? The, the growth comes. It, it's kind of like growth for a baby. Little Archer Graham, about to be two years old. That kid has grown. But you know what? We, We've provided what he needs. His his mom and dad give him food, a safe environment, and food and food. He's always wanted food. (laughs) Angie Angie finally gave in. I've been harping for a couple of years now for a, let me have a puppy dog. I've always had a puppy as a kid growing up. I I like, finally she said, just go get a dog. And so I, I went and bought a little West Highland Terrier. And her name's Jojo. Y'all are not nearly as excited about Jojo as I am. I love Jojo, smart little dog. Already gone to obedience school. We've, we've had two sessions. She can, she can sit. She's learning to lay down. Walk with me, come. 
smartest kid I've ever had right there. <laughs> I got her when she was eight weeks old and, and took her to the vet, eight weeks old. The, the vet said she's in perfect health, said uh, she weighs 2.6 pounds, little bitty tiny white ball. The vet said, when you come back at 12 weeks, she will, have, she will double in her weight. She'll double in her size. And so this week is 12 weeks, Jason. We take her back, and I'm anxious to see if she really is 5.2. I think she is because all she does is eat. I mean, Brent, she's eating all the time, just gobbling up that food. And, and I pick her up, and her little belly is just as big and swollen as it can be. So I know she's growing. But you know what? I, I, don't, have to, I don't have to get down there and say, Jojo, grow. Grow, Jojo. Because she's just going to grow. That's what babies do. And I love to see spiritual maturity happen in a person's life. It happens at church. Years ago, we'd been praying for this man to be saved. It, it wasn't here in, in, in Fort Smith. It was in Plano, Texas, at the church I pastored. And this lady had a husband who was just, man, he was, he was lost. He was, he was a big old biker guy, and he was just as bad as he could be. And we prayed and prayed, and finally he got saved. Man, we were so excited. Ronnie, we were so thrilled that this guy got saved. And I'll never forget the first Sunday after his salvation, he sat there and listened to me preach, and he was just kind of glowing. And, and when he left the church, Kenan, he walked out, and I shook his hand, and here's what he said. That was a blankety-blank good sermon, preacher. <laughs> I'm saying blankety-blank because he was cussing right there. He, he, he used a couple of cuss words to describe how good my sermon was. And, uh, but you know what? That's the way he had been living for 40 plus years. That was just part of his vocabulary. He didn't think a thing about it. Blankety blank, good sermon preacher. And gave me a big old bear hug and walked out the door. His poor little wife was right behind him. And I mean, she was, she was so humiliated. She was just, she was shaking her head and she looked at me and she said, Oh, we've still got a lot of work to do, Pastor. <laughs> but it is okay. I said, I said it's, it, he's taken the first step, and that's the most important thing. A couple of weeks later, he came back through, and he shook my hand, and he, he knelt. He kind of bent down because he's a lot bigger than me, and he said, Preacher, sorry about using that bad language describing your sermon. You'll never hear me use it again. Spiritual maturity. You, you know where he learned that? He learned that from his church home. Because a good church is going to help you grow spiritually. Number three, a good church helps me discover my ministry. I think all of us in this room have this deep need to feel like our lives count, that your life is worthwhile, that you're not just on planet Earth sucking up oxygen and taking up space. Am I making a contribution? Am I giving something back? If you don't have that, you know what? You're going to be frustrated your entire life. And you're also going to be unfulfilled because God made us with that capacity, that drive inside to make a difference. And the Bible says that the way you find fulfillment is to be what God made you to be and to do what God made you to do. And at church, we call that your ministry. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So before you were born, God decided what spiritual gifts he was going to give you when you got saved. Eric, God knew you were going to get saved right here at Kavanaugh Church, and God knew the spiritual gifts that he was going to give you. But God knew more than that about Eric. God also knew what abilities he would have, natural abilities, and what talents and what skills he would develop through the years. Why? Because God made him. And God made him as a whole package. And, and all of these things, our spiritual gifts, our abilities, our talents, our skills, God uses those to help us minister to other people. Your spiritual gift wasn't given to you for you to be selfish and use it on your for yourself. No, God gave you all of the things that you have so that you could give them to others, so that you could benefit others, so that you could use your ministry to build others up in the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, for the body is one and has many members, 
Okay? This body is one, but it has many members. But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. And so also is Christ. So together we are the body of Christ. And just as all body parts on your body, all 78 organs, all 206 bones are needful and necessary, so it is in the body of Christ. All of you are necessary. All of us together are important. Have you ever seen a jigsaw puzzle or put one together and you get completely done and there's one piece missing? Come on, help me. Anybody? How frustrating is that? And if you look at a jigsaw puzzle like that and there's one piece missing, what, what's the first thing you see? Well, it's the one piece that's missing. And if you're a Christian and you don't fit into your place and do what God made you to do, there is a big hole in the picture. The Bible says we're all part of the body of Christ and every one of us, every member is important. Think about your own physical body. What if one day your liver decided to go on strike? And your liver said, you know what, I don't need a body to live in. So I'm going to live in this guy's body one week. Next week I'm going to go over there and live in that person's body. And then I'm going to go over to that guy's body and live over there for a while. I'm going to be a free-floating liver. I'm going to go body shopping. Now how good would that be for you? Or, or what about this? What if your liver said, okay, I guess I'll stay in this guy's body, but I am sick and tired of doing all the work. I'm looking around here. Nobody else is working like me. I'm, I'm just going to sit back and do nothing. I'm just going to watch. Again, it doesn't work that way. Every person is important. Every body part in your body is important. And if you're not using your ministry, you're not only killing yourself, you're also cheating other Christians. The Bible says every part is important. And a non-serving Christian is a contradiction. There is no basis in the Bible for spectatorship. And that is the difference between being a member and an attender. A member is a participant. An attender is a spectator. A member is a contributor. An attender is just a consumer. An attender says, I'm just going to go along for the ride. But a member says, you know what, I am a crew member. And a good church is going to help me find my niche, find my place, and get involved in ministry. The fourth benefit of being a church member, this church helps me fulfill my mission in life. And all of us have a mission. In fact, did you know our missions are the same? Your mission is the Great Commission. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. Spread the good news. And that's what we're about at Kavanaugh Church. Win, train, send. Our mission statement. We win people to Christ, train believers to become disciples, and then send disciples back out into the world to repeat this process. Why? Because we're on mission from God. Hey, have you ever wondered... Why, why is it that after God saves us, he leaves us here? I mean, it'd make more sense to me because the objective is heaven, right? Spending eternity in heaven. Makes more sense to me as soon as I get saved, God just zap me and take me to heaven. To free me from this world of bondage. This world's a bad place. Can, can you imagine just, just, get, just go ahead and go into heaven, man? I, I don't have to live with all the problems and frustrations and broken hearts and disappointments and all kind of evil. Why, why doesn't God just take us to heaven when we get saved? Well, the reason is he's got an assignment for us. He leaves us here to be on mission with him. We're his agents, not secret agents. We are the agents of change. I've lost you. You still there? Let me put it like this. There, there are two things that you're not going to be able to do in heaven. A lot of things you get to do in heaven. You can sing in heaven. You can praise God in heaven. You can worship in heaven. You can pray in heaven. You can fellowship with other believers in heaven. You can shoot cowboy guns in heaven. 
maybe, I don't know. It's going to be a great thing in heaven, but, but there are two things you can't do in heaven. Number one is, you can't sin. No sin allowed. The second thing that you can't do in heaven is tell non-believers about Jesus. Think about it. <laughs> Only two things you can't do in heaven. So you tell me of those two things, what is it God has left you on earth to do? It's not sin. It's to tell non-believers about him. You've got a mission. And it is the duty of this church to come alongside of you and help you as we spread the good news of the gospel. And that might be right here in the River Valley and in our neighborhood. Could be down in Puerto Rico with Pastor and his family and his church as they reach their community and we're a part of their ministry. I'm going to go this afternoon to Nashville for an international missions board meeting and, and I'm going to see missionaries that our church supports and helps. So it could be in Bulgaria, it could be in Japan, it could be in Africa. We are on assignment for God to spread the good news of the gospel and this church is here to help you do that. Kavanaugh Church is here for four things. To help you stay spiritually motivated. You need that. We're here to help you develop spiritual maturity and grow up in Jesus Christ. This church is functioning to help you discover your ministry and to get plugged in to kingdom work. And then we're here to help you fulfill your mission in life. Let me say it again. The church is not a business. We are a body. We're the body of Christ. We're not an organization. We are a living organism. We are a family at Kavanaugh Church, and families operate on relationships. Once you found the right church, you need to get plugged in. You need to join it and become involved in it. And it might be Kavanaugh. I hope it is. You know what? There's some other really good churches in Fort Smith and the River Valley. You need to find one. And you need to get plugged into that church because it's God's business. Really, that's what God's up to. Do you remember that verse, Matthew 16, 18? Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. You, you wonder what God's up to? Well, he's building his church. We are his body. Jesus died for the church. And I don't know about you, but I want to be doing God work. I want to be taking care of God's business. He's building his church. Well, let's just help him build it. Amen? Amen. Amen. And again, I say, if Kavanaugh is the church God has led you to, we're so pleased and we're so thankful. And I want you to dig your heels into this church and let this church be your church for life. And use all the gifts and the abilities and the talents and the resources God has blessed you with so that we can see his kingdom grow. We're going to ask that you bow your heads right now and close your eyes. Miss Angie's going to come back and we're going to have what we call an invitation. It's a, it's a time of prayer. Maybe you're here today and you've never received God's gift of salvation. We're asking that you be saved. Just, just come and, and we'll help you pray and invite Jesus into your heart. It may be that you've been saved before, but you're, you're just kind of away from God, and you know that. You're, you're kind of like that log that's, that's fallen off the, the fire, and, and you've gotten cold on the inside. And today you need to get back on the, the fire and warm back up. You can do that at the altar. Just come and pray. Maybe there's problems in your life. You need to come and ask for God's help and pray and ask God to be with your kids and grandkids and your family. Whatever your need is, God can meet it. And if you've signed one of those church covenants and you're ready to join the church, I'm going to ask that you come and pray as well. And we're going to introduce you to the church here in a moment. Heavenly Father, would you please work in people's lives. Thank you for this time that we can come and pray as the family of God. Build this church, Lord, and help us to be a part of it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with heads bowed and eyes closed? Praise team's going to sing. If you need to come and pray, come on right now. Just step out.
Lord Jesus, this is our confidence that you have never failed us, nor will you ever fail us. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us, for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you, dear Lord, for family, for church. And I pray your blessings be on this congregation. Bless Kavanaugh Church as we try to reach our world with the good news. I pray, dear Lord, that all of us would be a light for you in this dark world and that we would be regular in our attendance, that, that, we, would, that we would strive for spiritual maturity, that we would discover our spiritual gift and use it for building up your kingdom, that we would be bold in our witness for you. Help us, dear Lord, to stay on mission with you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Right before you sit down, I'm going to ask all of those who went through our Connect class and have signed one of those uh, Connect to Commitment cards, if you would just make your way down here to the front. Brother Jason is going to meet you down here. Y'all just step out and slide on down and join us here. Y'all can give them a big hand as they come. Fantastic. Wonderful. Good deal. And you can be seated. You can be seated. We're glad these guys have, uh, have made that decision to join Kavanaugh Church. What I'm going to do is we're going to throw their names up on the screen. I'm going to read their names, and they're going to they're wave at you, and I want you to smile at them and wave back at them, all right? Will you do that? We've, we've, we've got old Wes Brown. Man, I love Wes and, and his son Elijah. Wes, hey, Wes grew up here as a teenager, and, uh, and he's back. And man, love you, brother. Love you so much. We got Dr. Scott and Dr. Betty Jo Clark and their beautiful family, Alexis, Olivia, and Tyler. We're so glad to have these guys joining Kavanaugh today. Matt and Ashley Dooley. Now, Matt's a member, but uh, he's got this beautiful wife, Ashley, who smiles all the time. I love your smile. It is contagious, and we're so glad that they are joining. Uh, she's joining today, and her son, Parker, as well. Uh, he's back in Kids' Church. We've got Justin and Ivy. Uh, they've been here for a while, but they're joining today. They've got uh, Henry and Duncan back in the back as well. And then we have Garrett and Paige, great young couple. We're so thankful for them. Wow. Now, now some of these guys have not been baptized, but our baptistry is not in yet. So we've ordered a custom-made baptistry. It's on its way. And we're going to let them go ahead and join today, knowing that when the baptistry gets here, we're going to baptize them as well. Isn't that great? I'm excited about that. So... These are wonderful people. They're, they're, they're handpicked by God to be a part of this family. So I ask you, Kavanaugh Church family, do you promise today to love these guys, pray for them, support them, and come alongside them as they continue their ministry here at Kavanaugh Church? If you promise to do that, let them know with a big amen, amen. and a big round of applause. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Love y'all. Thank you. You can go back and be seated. Man, what a great day at Kavanaugh Church. I, Jason, I lost count, but I think it is 28, 29. That's awesome, man. Good deal. Keep it up. Let's keep growing and building the kingdom of God. As you walk out today, make sure you drop your offering in one of those black boxes. Certainly appreciate that. 6.30 tonight, we're going to have online Bible study. Brother Nathan is going to be teaching it. Come back Wednesday night. Have things for all ages. You adults in here, you're going to get to hear Brother Jason preach. I uh, want you to come back today, if you can, uh, to be a part of uh, Diana's graduation celebration. Matt, that's it. at 4 o'clock right here at Kavanaugh Church, room 209. Come and participate uh, with them as they celebrate Diana's graduation. One more thing before I let you go. Uh, my dear friend, my dear friend Jim Housh, has been put in hospice care at Baptist Hospital. And uh, those of you who've been around Kavanaugh Church know Jim and Phyllis. They are salt of the earth people. And Jim has been so good to this church and has blessed us in so many ways. I want you to pray for Jim and Phyllis. Pray that God would, when he's ready to take him home, uh, would, would make it easy on Jim and, and just receive him up into heaven. Pray for Phyllis and the family as they go through this difficult time. Also ask that you pray for my sister in Christ, 
uh, Melissa uh, Satterfield, her daddy passed away yesterday, and so please pray for her. Well, glad you were here today. Just go out and do some dancing in the rain now, all right? You're dismissed. Love you.